How many people on your team have been promoted? They've moved on to a higher position somewhere else in the organization. To me, one of the greatest things you can do as a leader is to develop people to be able to take on more influence and have more responsibility in other parts of the organization or maybe even other organizations, heaven forbid. If they can continue to grow, you don't want to keep them stifled. And by the way, if you have people that are outgrowing your team and outgrowing your organization, not always, but sometimes you need to look then at yourself and ask yourself, well, am I growing enough? Because at some level, they're outgrowing the team because they're outgrowing the leader. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership Podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Carr. Thank you so much again for joining us as we have another courageous conversation around work, leadership, and life, and authentic leadership. We are in part three of a three-part series related to authentic leadership. And so if you missed any of the last two episodes, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those. The first episode from a couple weeks ago, we talked about just what is authenticity. Um, Again, this idea that essentially, regardless of external pressures or external circumstances, we're, we're true to our deep held values and beliefs. And then what does that look like? What are some concepts around authentic leadership that need to be anchored deep within us. Then last week we talked about the char- these traits, these these characteristics of an authentic leader and what that looks like. And so we're going to finish the conversation today talking about um, what do authentic leaders do? What are some of the, the, the competencies they have that they're able to execute on? in order to live out that authentic leadership. So there's 12 of them again. We'll have them in the show notes. And again, what I would encourage you to do is just sort of rate yourself on a scale of one to five. How how well do I live those out? And be honest with yourself and maybe ask some people on your team, how well do I live these out? So let's talk about these. Let's talk about these 12 execution competencies of authentic leadership. Here's the first one is role modeling. Role modeling, the the ability to establish and consistently follow standards of behavior with the strategic intent of being an example, not just doing it because I have to, but doing it because I realize there are other people watching and I want to set the example for them to watch because there are people are always watching you. They're always watching. Even when you think they're not, there is always somebody watching. So just as a note, when you go out to dinner this weekend, Uh, remember somebody's watching and there may be somebody that knows you from work or from that organization you volunteer with or from that faith-based organization you attend on Sundays. Somebody's always watching. Are you constantly and consistently behaving in a way that matches up with who you say you are and how you say you want to live? Role modeling. Number two, communication. The ability to actually express ideas and provide direction with some clarity while still keeping um, our ego in check, especially if we have positional authority. Like it's real easy to go, well, listen, I'm the vice president, so this is what we're going to do. Now, you would maybe never come out and say that because you know title dropping absolutely drips of ego, but you also know you don't have to because you know that everybody knows you're the VP. So you can just say it with that kind of authority and you know people will respond that way. Communication is so critically important, right? How well are you communicating? Are you expressing your thoughts and ideas with clarity and without ego? 
because if you're expressing them with ego, then there really is no opportunity for communication. That just becomes a, uh, a monologue and a dictation of you just downloading whatever you want people to do. Okay, number three, um, a competency I th- that I think authentic leaders need to have. They need to be able to achieve clarity and purpose. The ability to clearly and influentially determine, describe, and explain a desired outcome in a way that the people you're leading can not only comprehend, but they'll become engaged with to help achieve, right? How can I rally a group of people towards a purpose? Can I help us all achieve some clarity as to why we do what we do? This is where mission becomes critically important and clarity of mission and consistency of communicating that mission becomes clarity important. You can't talk one week about our mission is this and the next week start talking about, well, our mission is this. And you may not even realize you're contradicting yourself, but what you're doing is sending mixed messages through your team or through the organization and people start wondering... So why are we really doing this? Are we doing it for what he said or are we doing it for what they said? Right? This goes, some of this goes back to communication, by the way. Right? But I think one of the things great leaders can do is they can help a group of people or an organization get clarity around a purpose. Um, Simon Sinek in his book, The Infinite Game, would call it the just cause. Do you have a just cause? Do you know what it is? And how well are you at rallying people to achieve it? And not only to achieve it, but want to buy in to get other people to buy in to achieve it. Okay. Number four is strategy and planning. Strategy and planning. It's certainly a competency, I think, that leaders, that authentic leaders need. How well do you um, create a strategy, a moving forward, a go forward approach based on defined reality and currently known variables? hey, let's take a pulse of what's going on inside the company, inside the industry, inside the the economy, and now let's create a strategy to go forward. We talk a lot about culture and how it is, how important it is and the way people show up and how they feel. But I think too many times we separate that from actual business objectives. Like it's not an either or, it's a both and. Operational efficiency and operational ad- objectives have to be created and chased after through the filter of culture and identity. They're not separate. But I think people are not only count on you, counting on you to make sure they they like showing up, right? That they feel safe showing up and all the other things we talk about in culture. But if you're a leader, you have people that actually count on you to know what the heck you're doing and to do it really well and plan accordingly so they still have a job in six months. They still have a job in a year. It is really, really important for strategy and planning. The fifth one goes right along with that, and it's goals and objectives. It's goals and objectives, right? Understanding the existing state and building teams and targets to move towards the desired state. Okay, we know we've went through the strategy. We've went through the planning. There's where we want to go. Now, let's look around and see where are we and how are we going to get to there? How are we going to get to there? Do you have the ability to do that? And if you don't, I'm going to argue that that leadership is probably really hard for you. Because you come up with ideas and plans that nobody wants to follow because they're not quite sure it's going to get them to where they want to go or where they think the organization is trying to go. To go right along with that is number six, and it's building teams. How well are you at building teams? No, not how well are you at just making people get things done, but are you creating an environment where each person is functioning in their own area of strength or bringing their own qualities to the group while working towards that common goal? How good are you at not only just getting people on your bus, but getting them in the right seat? 
because I know she's really good at this, so we should let her do that, even though I kind of like to do that. Well, she's better at it, so we should let her do it. How good are you at building teams? One of the easiest ways to figure out how well you are at building teams is just look at um, look at the team you have now compared to the team you had five years ago. Would you say that team is stronger than it was? Is it the exact same team? If nobody's left, then you really have to go, how are the people different? How have they grown as individuals? Because if they're not growing as individuals, the team isn't going to grow. If you have brought new people on, um, did you bring new people on that are better, smarter, faster than you or than the existing team to make the team better? How many people on your team have been promoted? They've moved on to a higher position somewhere else in the organization. To me, one of the greatest things you can do as a leader is to develop people to be able to take on more influence and have more responsibility in other parts of the organization or maybe even other organizations, heaven forbid. Because if they can continue to grow, you don't want them, you don't want to keep them stifled. And by the way, if you have people that are outgrowing your team and outgrowing your organization, not always, but sometimes you need to look then at yourself and ask yourself, well, am I growing enough? Because at some level, they're outgrowing the team because they're outgrowing the leader. And so some of that becomes a reflection of how well you are or aren't growing yourself and how well you are or aren't being comfortable with allowing people on your team to grow because maybe you're scared they're going to take your job and they won't. They'll just leave and go somewhere else. Okay. Another competency that I think is critically important for authentic leaders is decision-making. Like how good are you at making the right decision the majority of the time with the information you have? Taking all the information that's hand and let's make sure we make the right decision. Obviously, decision-making is one that you can look back on retrospectively and go, yeah, I think the majority of the time I've made good decisions. Or you look back and go, you know, every time it comes to that one topic, I seem to make a bad decision. You know, as it relates to that one person, I always seem to, to get it wrong. The problem is, is I don't think we reflect enough to recognize how good or bad our decision-making is. Like, I don't think we look back enough to recognize what our batting percentage is. Like, how well are we really doing? Just think of a project that you've worked on that's done and over with. Did you sit down when it was over and reflect back on all the decisions you made that got you the outcome you have now? Did you reflect back and go, you know, if we would have done that, I think we would have got a better outcome. And I don't think we do because we go, okay, that process is over. Now, now we just need to adjust. We just need to adapt. We just need to sort of on the fly, we can make it, we can make it happen, but we never actually really look back to see how good we are at decision-making, which I think again is a pretty critical thing. Number eight is collaboration. Collaboration, the insight to know what level is necessary and the ability to work together with one or more people in order to achieve objectives. When do you recognize you need to bring someone else into the mix? When do you recognize it's important to bring someone else in to help you that you maybe can't do it alone? And, and you rarely is it a good idea to do anything alone. Collaboration is always, always better. Different ideas, different perspectives. Remember, we all come from a different position. And so we all will look at things differently. Collaboration is really, really important. I think if you work for a leader, if you work for a leader that doesn't like collaboration, uh, that probably will frustrate you. If you recognize they'll never bring in an outside source, they'll never want to ask anyone else's opinion, especially if um, 
especially if it's a leader. Well, listen, we can collaborate, but only if I can control it. Well, I'm not going to collaborate unless, unless I get to dictate the terms. Well, I'm not going to collaborate with them until that department's under my responsibility. Because now we become protective of our kingdom. We become protective of what we have. And so I don't want to collaborate at all because by collaborating, that may mean I have to let someone in to, to, and maybe they're going to think I'm not doing very good. And what if people find out I'm not doing very good? And, and we have all these stories that we begin to tell ourselves. Collaboration is really, really important. Number nine, delegation. Delegation. When can I let go of something for somebody else to do? And when should they be assigned to other people? Obviously, given not only with the responsibility, but the authority to do it. And then can I explain it in a way that they actually know what they need to go do? Right? As a general rule for delegation, if someone can do it 80%, as good as you can, you should delegate that task to them. And I would argue there are all things you have on your day-to-day list, your weekly list, that you probably don't need to be doing, especially as you, if you're an owner of an organization, you're a high-level leader of an organization, all you have to do is ask yourself, would I pay somebody what I'm paying myself to do that job? And if the answer to that question is no, then you should find someone else to do that so you can continue to work on the things that are important. And yes, I know you love to do it. I know that was the process you started. It was the thing that you created here. And I know for sure that no one will do it as good as or as fast as you will. Nobody ever does. A little bit of sarcasm there. The reality is, is we've got to be able to let go of some of that stuff. If someone can do it 80% as good as you can, let them do it and then coach them up to get there. And I'll bet they will come up with a better way or a different way to do it that you never thought of. Again, because we're all unique and we're going to think a little differently. Number 10 is correcting and coaching. How well do you equip? Remember, we talked about role modeling at the very beginning, but not only role modeling, but how well do we equip others? How well do we coach others? How well are we at giving constructive and honest feedback? Not just to do it this way, not just this is the outcome I need, but to actually develop people. Look at the people on your team right now. Could you identify two things that you know they need to get better at the rest of this year to do their jobs better? And if you answer that question, yes, yeah, I know exactly. They need to do this and they need to do that. Okay, what is your plan to help them get better in the next year or more importantly, probably in the next 90 days? Because sometimes we try to drag things out over the course of a year and I'm be I'm a firm believer that, um, that you should be able to see change within 90 days if people are truly willing and able. Now, it might be slow change, but there still should be something inside 90 days to do that. Do you have the ability to coach and correct? Or do you just say, follow me and do it like I do and you let and you figure it out? We can't just do that. We have to be able to step back, come alongside someone and go, where are you struggling? Here's where I see you're struggling. Can I give you some thoughts? Hey, tell me, why do you do it like that? Right? It's not just it's not just giving advice, it's not just solving their problems, but it's true, it's true coaching and correcting. Number eleven. Number 11, two more here as we talk about these competencies of authentic leadership. Problem solving, problem solving, right? This goes back a little bit to decision making, although decision making is, okay, now the problem has been solved and we have all of the information, what's the best decision? Problem solving is is like, I don't even know if we have all the information. How do we get everything we need so we can actually make a really good decision? 
right? Sometimes it's choosing the way in which we solve the problem. Sometimes it's choosing who is going to take lead on solving the problem. Let's go back to collaboration that we just talked about. Pro- the, your problem-solving abilities are really, really important because if you can't solve problems very well, I'm going to bet you don't make very good decisions. I think those two are probably tied pretty well together. And then here's the last one. Here's the last um, competency of authentic leaders is simply they focus on results. They focus on results. Passionate pursuit of combining strategy, goals, and objectives, and decisions, and all of that other stuff to get the results. Now, the question is, is what are the results we're trying to get? What does, quote unquote, winning look like? Right? What is What does it look like? Well, it means we, we hit... We hit X in terms of profitability. We hit Y in terms of operating income. Okay, so that so that's winning. So then regardless of what the industry is doing, regardless of anything else, now we know how we're going to win. And, it's, and winning doesn't always have to be uh, beating somebody else. A lot of times it's just what does it mean? What does it mean for me? What does winning look like? And how do we do that? And uh, do I have the ability to take everything in my sphere and the people I have and the objectives and the, the resources I have and how do I put all that together in a way that I can actually hit the results that we are trying to hit. Okay, so there you go. 12 competencies of authentic leadership. So you look back over the last three weeks, we talked about the four concepts of authentic leadership. And then last week we talked about the character traits. What does it look like? Again, those character traits are things on a dimmer switch. And then uh, today, these 12 competencies, what are the, the 12 sort of behaviors that we hope to see from, from authentic leaders? And again, all out of this idea that, that to be an authentic leader means I'm going to be true to my values and true to my beliefs regardless of, uh, regardless of these external, um, external circumstances or external situations that are happening to me. I'm not going to waver from that. How do I do that? Well, we just gave you a whole bunch of things to think about and consider over the last three weeks. And again, what I would do is just look at these 12 I gave you today. And again, we'll have them posted in the show notes for you. But give yourself a rating, one, two, three, four, or five. And where you have a one or two or a three, maybe you need to lean into it. Maybe you need to figure out and ask yourself, how can I get a little bit better at decision-making? Maybe I need to take a class or I need to, to do some continuing education. Where do I need to get better at clarity around uh, vision and communicating that purpose that we're doing? Um, where do I need to get better at building a team or collaboration? Whatever that is, rate them and then do something with that information. Okay. Um, and I'd love to hear it. As you think about these 12, I'd love to know which ones do you think you do well and maybe which ones do you not do as well? So share those with us on our LinkedIn page. You can find the Academy on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also email us. We always love to hear from you as you have thoughts about this or the show in general or future topics or future guests we should have. You can email us academy at lci1.com. That's academy at lci, the number one. Dot com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for those of you who have left reviews. That certainly helps us as well. We appreciate that very, very much. Okay. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the viewer mission of Lippert Components, Inc. Thanks to Eternity Bro for our theme music as always and to our executive producer, Michael Yoder, and his amazing team over at Truthwork Media. Until next time, I'm your host, Dustin Carr, reminding you to think differently, lead courageously, and live passionately. See ya.